0: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's podcast. Pleased to have with me Howard Brown, CEO and founder of Revenue IO and all things revenue science. Sylvan Giuliani joining us again, who is head of growth and operations at Census. Sylvan, welcome back. Of course, I'm Alistair Wilcock here at Revenue I.O. as well. Listen, we had a really interesting conversation last time around product-led growth and product-led sales where the market was going. And we kind of left everybody off with the idea of how do we use that to calculate the white space to uncover new revenue, which is really important in this current economic environment where companies are struggling. They're going to sell to the base. They're going to put out a bunch of content. They're going to try to pull data in from everywhere in the hopes of finding something new. But you know, RevOps leaders are going to be really challenged with how to uncover that white space and uh Howard and Sylvan, you know we were talking the other day about you know how you can reverse engineer the ETL process and other things but you know what do you think of when you think of uncovering white space and revenue
1: yeah uh, so I' I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off and Howard, you can uh, comment on it and, and and take it further uh so I think a couple of things there right I think first you kind of like find more goals in your gold mine basically which is kind of like finding a white space revenue like you really need to have data in the right place like you know like not like previously everything lives in Salesforce and an opportunity lives in Salesforce and like until you get on the phone with master customers and you tell them like hey what's up about your company you're not going to find new initiative to sell into or you're not going to understand like you know potential risk of churn because you know white space revenue is great but like preventing churn is also great in period of recession right and so you need a lot more data, uh, uh, accessible to the sales team, right? And so I think this is like actually something that RevOps people like ourselves do extremely well, is being the glue between, you know, the sellers, the sales leaders, the data team, the product team. Like you know, we speak multi languages, I would say, and so we can translate those ask. And so this is actually one thing that one of the reason I joined Census, we we where we specialize in doing this, is like we allow uh revenue team to get access to product data so can they can take better action on this and so i think i don't want to bore you into like exactly what does that mean from a technical point of view but i want to tell you kind of like a story of like uh someone who had this issue right like they have tons of users classic kind of like plg pls like you know hundreds and thousands of paying customers and they're like hey we need to increase net dollar retention this year like you know so we need to do more with it and the product team they're not going to ship any new skews for us. So we just need to sell more to the same organization. How do we do this? Right? And so, well, to do that, you need to understand how your existing customers are using your product currently and finding opportunities to upsell without having to cold call a thousand people and be like, yo, you're a customer for the last two years. Like, tell me how you're using so I can tell you uh, how else you can use our product. like That is a very inefficient uh, way or you need an army of salespeople to do it or I can manage it and, and whatnot, right? And so this is really what Census came in. What we came in is like we plugged the warehouse, Snowflake, uh, into Salesforce, right? And so that allowed them to actually give them full visibility in how their customers were using the product, right? And so their use case was actually very simple. It's like they were selling a seed-based um, product and by looking at the data they found out that in general like the like the best customer like the maximum deployment is like around 65 percent of the employer count will have a seat license and that's basically the max they can sell into an organization right so they did a bit of data analysis on like the data that was in, in warehouse in terms of usage and so what the revops team went to work with is like okay well we know we sell that customer 10 license. We know this customer by doing like enrichment with like like all the tools on the market. We know that this customer is like 500 uh, employees, right? Well, we know we can sell up to 265 like seats. To that. So huge waste-based revenue, right? Uh, the, and so coupled with that kind of like analysis, um, every sales team used to get that report saying like, hey, this is an account that you own, this is how much revenue you could go get, right? And the second thing that they provided with, again, with census was like trend of usage over time. Right. And so you could see like, Hey, those 10 users, they're actually doing a lot of things in your app. Right. So you can use that as a springboard to be like, these 10 users are doing well. Wouldn't it be nice if 200 people were doing the same thing, like, you know, like getting more value of our product. Right. And so like, as a seller, you wake up every morning you get the little report and you just get to work and you're like, these are the most high value account that I can get right now to get my quota. Right. And so that's kind of like a great opportunity to bring data in front of the right people to, for them to take action. And again, to find that kind of like white space revenue and doing more with your existing uh, customer base. So that's like a great story, I, I would say, that we've helped them do. Um, but yeah, we would love to get your thoughts on
2: this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you are using data at the center of the approach, right? And, and we talk a lot about that here on the RevOps Podcast and certainly within revenue.io. It's really utilizing the data that we have to make teams more successful. It's understanding your customers, whether it's their utilization of your product or the tickets that they submit through support or the marketing content that they adjust or the conversations that they have with your sales reps or support team. It is taking that information that exists within your different systems, aligning them, and then making that information available to help your customers, to address their needs, to support them in the best ways possible. So right now we're talking a lot about product data, but it's also the voice of the customer data. It's also the marketing that they ingest all of this helps us better support and serve our customers. And I think that's what's key today. We have to treat our customers front and center. They are the center of the universe, and we need to make sure that we use all this data that we're collecting on them, not to sell them more things, but to better service them so that they will ultimately retain, will retain them. And then they will want to buy more and get more value from our company product or service.
1: Yeah. And I would actually, uh, I think you brought up a good point of like, not just product data. I think one of our customers like, has a story of like, kind of like more of a team comes into the play here is like they were basically ingesting, um, support tickets, right? Uh, like kind of like, uh, from Zendesk, I think at that time it was. And so they were running sentiment analysis on those tickets. Right. And so at that point they were matching, Hey, this user, which we know is an admin in our tool. So linking to product data, right? Like we know that still is an admin is sending a ticket. is very unhappy right now, and so they knew that if the champion was unhappy, like that was a potential for fortune. And so what they did is like automatically in Salesforce, which where the CSM team was living, the CSM team get analysis like, hey, twenty percent of the admin, which is like you know a ratio, like let's say they had five admin in this use case, like twenty percent of the admins are currently unsatisfied based on like the sentiment that we run on like the different channel that we have, I tickets. So you should definitely get a meeting on the book to either you know show them value create more champions things like that and so they were using just like sentiment analysis on like tickets data and over chat conversation um, just to kind of like get ahead of like churn prevention and again when you have a large user base like you need the system and the data to tell you like this is the next best account to go after because as a csm if you're owning a book of business of like 500 accounts there's no way you you know who to talk to at any point in time, like you need something to help you prioritize your work. And so I think to your point, like that's a great way of like, how to make the customer at the center uh, of of the universe by uh, leveraging data from different sources.
2: Yeah, and I think you nailed the, if people out there are wondering what RevOps is, what's the point, what's the purpose, what do you need to accomplish? I think you perfectly described it right there. It's bringing together the support the sales, the data, all of those together to best service that customer. So great example.
0: And, and just for our listeners, many of you know, I'm you know, i a fan of data myself, but I want to give four numbers to everybody here as well. The impact of using product data in RevOps and in go-to-market. You know, when you look at public companies that are SaaS-based, all right, and they, they're, advocates and high users of product data in their go-to-market process, you see net dollar retention rates increase 14%. We see gross margins increase 7%. We see that the overall revenue growth can jump easily 7% to 9% to 14%. But the biggest one, the ARR difference, the annual recurring revenue differences between companies that use product data in their go-to-market versus those that don't is a 45% delta. Wow. You think about that in terms of the real impact of using product data inside what we're doing. And I think, Sylvan, what you've been saying, what Howard's been saying is, look, it's it, it's not acceptable anymore to not do this. And we started with the motion of PLG. Yes, there's tons of hype around it, but let's just remove the acronym and just focus on how we're actually using Huge volumes of data that are accessible today and not just have them operating in silos. And you put in a RevOps team, is there the glue that build it together?
1: Yeah, no. And uh, I I would do, I would add one more thing. It's like the superpower of the RevOps team really is to be able to translate, you know, 20 data points into two fields in Salesforce that yeah. is useful to a sales, sales rep, for example. Because I think if you just say, these are all the things that happen in this account. Like, go figure it out. Like, you know, that is not their job. The job of the sales rep, like the, the revops, but job is to say like, hey, this account is growing the past two weeks or period or whatever because they're doing these five things and this is what you need to talk to them about. Like, you know, doing that translation for like fields, reporting, notes, like, you know, that's the difference between good RevOps people and amazing RevOps people, right? Uh, and, you know, that's super telling, I think, you should run that exercise uh, at revenue.io is like share me your uh, account object uh, in salesforce and you know it's almost like the account object that has less feel is probably the best revops team because i'm sure there's a strong correlation there uh, less data but more powerful data is probably better than the whole soup of like i don't know what's going on here
2: <laughs> it's a very very interesting point and very pertinent to any successful revops team Yes, having a lot of data is critical. Making your salespeople or your support people or your CS people think or act like data scientists is a huge mistake. What you need to do with that data is create insights and next best actions. That's it. Create next best actions based on the data so that they know the, the things, the actions that they take that will deliver the highest and best outcomes. That's it, that's our job. So do not turn people into data analysts, do not give them too much to look at, too much to comb through, give them actions that they need to take based on that data. That will lead to success.
1: Yeah, I think an example I always like to use is like the five tabs of Dooms, you know, as a sales rep, you get to Salesforce and then you're gonna have to open a custom application to see the dashboard that's going to be a link that to a looker or power bi like some bi tool analytics report for this account that you have to see then you gotta to go to zendesk and then you have to go see like on a an off platform a payment platform or something like that so just to get understanding of what's going on with the account is like you have five times and you do that 20 times per day just to understand what's going on with your account well actually the job is like Let's bring the best of everything to your point. Like, you know, you should not be able to you should not know how to use Looker to do a drill down of information. Like, you know, that's the job of the Robson to say, like, these are the most important things you should know. You can always go explore more, because you know, we want to give the opportunity of smart, clever and driven individuals to learn more, but like the the substance should be delivered uh on the platter. And that's the job
0: really. I, I think it's such a Such a key point because I'm trying to pull out of my head the exact number, but I believe it was Salesforce has said around, I I think it's around 47% of what reps do is actually internally focused. So the Howard's point, you know, if, if you're spending all that time going modeling, pulling data, trying to figure it all out, they're not doing what you, what we pay them for, which is engaging, collaborating, and helping our customers achieve things that they can't achieve without the assistance of, hopefully, a technology in our case or whatever it is that you're bringing to market. And and so it's got to drive engagement. This is where we say next best action so almost easily. Like I hear people, a lot of people go, oh, the next best action, the next best action. But are we actually really pushing to the rep from the data? Here's exactly what you need to do right now right? And, and it is in the here and now. It's not in a month's time. It's not in a week's time. Today, what do I have to do to drive success for that customer, right? Well, what does that need to be? And if you're going to have them look at more than I would suggest three things, you, you've lost them.
1: Yeah. I think this is where like having, you know, my dream and, you know, I'm trying to build that dream here at Census is like to have a system that, that capture what i call like signals from the market from the user from the product right and then based on those signals like you basically can write a note against the account like a task right and tell the person to be like hey i'm giving you this account or i'm giving you this task because this is what happened and when those things happen these are the things you need to be running and so i'll give you an example of like the mvp that we're running here at census right now we are looking for ac- companies who are currently um hiring like data engineers because we we sell mostly to data engineering and operation people right and so we look at the job that they have open so we scrap all the jobs that are out there we find that and then we scrape the those those job description and then we find like keywords that is important to us it's like you know this data engineer is to work with sales people you're going to work with those tools and so we scrap all the technology and so when we see these things we go and and enrich the accounts like so we say hey this is a company 500 employees blah 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 and then we hand deliver that to our bdr team and say hey this company out there is looking for data engineer they mentioned that they are in data engineer to to improve like the the relationship between data team and sales team for example and so we reuse all of that and so as a bdr team you just have to look right up in the morning and you get those like you just run those plates like it's very simple right and so you don't know if there's like where those accounts are coming from but It doesn't matter. The system provides you with all the information. And so I think that's, if we could replicate that across every go-to-market team, that's, you know, the ultimate dream. Uh, But, uh, you know, baby steps.
2: (laughs) Amen. I could not agree with you more.
0: It's a wonderful example of that. And, you know, let's just do one more thought and then, then we'll wrap for the day before we run out of time here. And that is, we've spoken a lot of the data. And it sounds like we're all in agreement. It's usage and the importance of creating signal insights to drive behavior and really the next best action for reps, right? And giving that to them in a cockpit where they can take action and, and, and drive result, right? That's, I say it easily, but that's ultimately what we want our RevOps team. With that said, my experience is that despite that advice, most people are going out there and buying all kinds of tooling, left, right, and center to automate a process, to create another way of engaging, to light up an email channel, to light up a conversation channel, or you know, figuring out another automation tool to connect my ERP system to my CRM system. And then I'm, I'm layering in something else to accelerate the data science crunching that's happening behind it because it's not working quickly enough. And yeah, you know, the list goes on and on and on and gets quite prolific. The technical debt is at an all-time high in most go-to-market organizations. And and it's not like there's a shortage of data. It's not like there's getting less data. We know that problem's only getting bigger. So how do we stop tool proliferation for the sake of tooling? Oh, that's,
1: uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very opinionated about this, about this topic. Let's hear it. Let's I hear can, it. What, I can what's stop what's the, your view? Uh, yeah, you're yeah. the guest. Let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, I 100% agree with you, like, you know, this that's, 10 years that like IPass was like the holy grail. And actually, I believe that iPass basically set us back 10 years in the past, like, you know, by connecting all the system by and point, point, it's just creating more noise in, across all the data, uh, more siloed. Um, I think that's terrible. And so, you know, for me, I, I strongly believe in the world that where the Cloud Data Warehouse has won as becoming a single source of truth. Like, you know, today it's cheap to spin up a, a Cloud Data Warehouse. It's never been so easy to just send data to the warehouse. It's now being easier to transform data in the warehouse and like clean the data and making sure like it looks correct. And so once you have established like your warehouse as a single source of truth, right? You have this new concept which is like, okay, we have a single source of truth. Now I can just sync that data across all of the tools, right? Like CRM, marketing automation platform, support tool, gain site, you name it. Uh, Everybody's seeing the same thing all the time. Like, you know, like Salesforce is saying we have a hundred customers. The thing we have another customer too. The same plan. Everything is just perfect because it's all coming from one single source of truth. And so at that point, you can start moving those CRM things that away from becoming a system of record, but they become system of action, like going back to what we're saying. like So at that point, it's like, yeah, I think my product data in my marketing automation tool to send better personalization email based on product data, based on sales engagement, based on support engagement. And so you can really craft like one-to-one personalization at scale, as they call it, right? Same thing for salespeople. It's like, hey, you don't want to be going on a call and be like, oh, there's actually five conversations right now with the support team because the, my customers test about, like, something that is broken. Like, you want to get that visibility, right? The copy that you mentioned. And again, you bring that data. Everybody sees the same data that, I mean, tickets open. What are they saying? Like, all that, all that, those kind of things, right? So I'm a big, big, big believer of what I call, like, the hub-and-spoke model, which is, like, you load all the data, you make the warehouse the hub, and then you sync that data to all the places and rinse and repeat. Compared to the old like point to point integration software was like you know oh, we sync to Salesforce and then Marketo gets the data from Salesforce, but then uh, we have GoToWebinar who's connected to Marketo, and then we'll send it, the data back to Salesforce for Marketo, and then let's put a little workout in the mix just to get like some Stripe data into Marketo because we want to the subscription plan that they are on right, and it's like. You know, the person leaves the company. Guess what happened? You know, a word comes in uh, two weeks later and he's like, what is going on? How do I pay down that debt? At And you know, like uh, the true story is like that, debt never gets paid. <laughs> uh, you will just build on top of it until the end of time. Uh, so that's my very strong opinion on like building a source of truth uh, in your warehouse because the warehouse is my view of the world.
2: So unifying data, I think we talk a lot, a lot about unifying processes and then unifying people, right? And that's, that is, those are the, the absolute critical components to any RevOps organization, whether you're product-led growth, whether you're sales-led growth. The key is processes, people, and data. Align those, you will have happier customers, you have more success, and you will continue to grow. If you try to skip any of those three steps, you're gonna face a lot of challenges, whether it's technical debt, infighting, um, broken processes, lack of efficiency and effectiveness.
1: I actually love it that you call it that, right? Cause like the old way was like people process technology, but I feel like we can drop the T and replace it with data. So, you know, from PPT to PPD, I guess, uh, you know,
0: you heard it first here, you know, thank you, Ariel. PPD. Hey, we're always happy to drop more acronyms on people. So yeah, no. Um, Listen, Sylvan and uh, Howard, as always, time seems to fly by on these things. Um, You know, let's just do final word of advice from the three of us. And let's think in terms of both episodes here, right? This idea of PLG and product led sales, the data, what's your one big takeaway each you want to leave everybody with?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, my key takeaway is like, you know, you should bring more data in front of your uh, revenue team, and you don't have to overthink it, you don't have to bring the whole kitchen sink, like you can start with like, a very small data set. The one I always recommend for people is like, any data product usage that is linked to your billing system, like go see your pricing page and like bring visibility to your team of like, how much people are using against what you're selling like the years that you're selling like this this data is usually ultra accurate you're charging people based on it right it's really accessible and it will offer tons of value and tons of opportunity to learn about what else you can layer on top of it you don't have to create a beautiful unified source of of, of truth before doing that you can just start small with that data set and that's usually the most important data set so that's my one key uh, recommendation for everybody who's listening
0: i'll go next and harry do you have final word Mine is, I want to go back to where we started. PLG, product-led growth, isn't for everyone. Don't get pressured into something that isn't going to work effectively for your go-to-market. Understand how to be buyer-centric and how to use the data and your team effectively inside that model. Howard?
2: Well, I don't know how how to top those two. You know, I'll sound like a broken record, but... If your customer is the center of your universe and your job is that of a RevOps leader, aligning your people, your process, and your data to deliver the best possible customer or buyer experience is a win-win equation. So, you know, appreciate you, um, appreciate your comments. Product-led growth is fascinating, but to your comments, Alistair, not for everyone, Focus on what's going to deliver the most value for the customers you have today, especially in this economy. Focus on them, build that muscle, and it will help you expand to new markets,
0: new growth. Everyone, thanks for listening in today. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget about the new call-in number where we take your questions and we'll weave them into uh, future conversations. You can reach us at 323 540 Four seven seven seven. That's three two three five four zero four triple 7, seven. Sylvan, thanks so much. Wonderful insights from you today. Howard, as always. Everyone, have a wonderful week, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.